game shows are still around. They kind of make a resurgence every now and then. I think there are a few of them that have come back after several years of being off the air. But they're not anywhere near as popular as they once were. used to be you could turn the television on on any given weekday morning and you'd find somebody competing for that washer and dryer. They just really wanted to have whatever that prize was and whatever the game happened to be, they would work through the entire game and finally someone would win and that would mean some of the other contestants didn't win, but nobody went home empty-handed. Those who didn't win received a parting gift, which usually was something that nobody really wanted, you know, it was some soap or some yogurt or, or whatever company had paid to have their product mentioned at the end of the particular program, but it wasn't really anything that you were really excited about receiving. Jesus leaves his disciples with a parting gift, but it's something that they and we not only want, but that we desperately need. Jesus describes it here in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus gives us peace. And this is a peace that we desperately need. Now, the world needs peace. That's not news. In fact, all you have to do is watch the news and you will see reports of how desperately our world needs peace and how far we are from achieving it. For every news story about someone working on a peace treaty, there seem to be 50 other news stories about some war breaking out or some terrible atrocity being committed. It seems like the more we try to solve the issue of peace, the more wars we start, which isn't a new problem. If you read the Bible, there's a lot of fighting going on in there. Unfortunately, part of the result of our sin, our rebellion against God, is that we just can't find a way to get along with each other. That's what makes Isaiah's prophecy so powerful. Back in Isaiah's day, he speaks these extraordinary words. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6, The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand to the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Would that be amazing or what? A world with no war, a world with no fear. And even as we speak those words and think about those words in our mind, we're thinking, no way. (laughs) That could never happen. And yet, that's exactly the promise that God makes and that Jesus fulfills. As he speaks these in extraordinary words. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. 
That's why Jesus doesn't simply tell his followers that he's giving them peace. He says he gives them his peace. This is a peace that only he can give. No one else has this peace that could accomplish what Isaiah prophesied. No one else could get the wolf and the lamb and the lion and the calf to sit down together except maybe for lunch. So it is with the peace that we experience in this world. The peace we experience in this world is always undercut by fear. It has to be. The only way to get opposing forces to come to the peace table is if there is some mutual benefit to doing so. Either there's some situation where both forces have enough strength to destroy each other, or, or, or maybe one feels like they have the upper hand, but at some point the two entities decide it's better to sit down at the peace table than to sit down at the cemetery. So they figure out how to cobble an agreement together. But sooner or later, someone feels like they've got a grievance too great to overlook, or they've obtained a strength that they think they don't need the agreement anymore, and the war is on again. Whether it's on the playground or the battlefield, we just keep fighting and nobody wins. Jesus changes that. And that's the promise he makes. That he gives us peace. It is a peace that goes beyond anything this world can provide. It's not just another treaty that can be broken. It's real peace. Peace that answers the questions that plague our hearts. Peace that calms us. Peace that truly solves the problem. Peace that lasts. That's the problem with any peace that we find in this world. The peace of this world just doesn't last. I remember it well. It was my first day of my high school sophomore world history class. I had the unfortunate opportunity of having the history teacher whose reputation was to chew sophomores up and spit them out. And the first day of class did not make... He didn't do anything that made us doubt that impression that we'd heard about. There was no welcome to world history or going around the room, getting to know each other. None of that. He dove right into the lecture from day one. And after several minutes of trying to prove how much he knew about world history and how much we didn't know about world history, he asked the question, who knows the first major kingdom in world history? By that point... We were all totally intimidated, so nobody said anything, which was, of course, exactly what he wanted. He went on to tell us how ignorant we were of world history and described the Babylonians as being the first major world empire. And then he asked us, who is the next major world empire? Well, I'm not sure if he was actually looking at me, but it sure felt like it. Either way, I didn't want to get another lecture about how ignorant we were about world history, so I thought I'd take a shot. And I, I said, the Persians? Amazingly, that was the right answer. Now, not wanting to be overshown by some sophomore student, he said, okay, who was the next? And I got that ball rolling, so I took another shot. The Greeks? Two for two. Did I want to go for three? The Romans? 
Well, apparently his tearing down the sophomore plan wasn't going quite the way that he planned for it to go. So he asked me, where'd you learn all of that? So I told him, Sunday school, which was true. In my Sunday school class, uh, my teacher had this big poster with all kinds of colors on it, all kinds of timelines and, and little blocks with the names of different kings. But one of the things that it had on the poster was it had a, a list of each of the major world empires during the biblical times. And, and I would sit there kind of not really listening to the lesson, but, but looking at that poster. And I saw it a hundred times. And who knew that daydreaming in Sunday school class could be useful at some point in life? The point of the chart and the point that my Sunday school teacher actually made several times and the point that my sophomore world history teacher was making that day is that empires have arisen and fallen over and over and over again. Now, the people of the New Testament, they certainly understood that. They were currently under the rule of the Romans. An empire promising what was called the Pax Romana, the the Roman peace. And to a certain extent, that was true. The, The Roman army was powerful enough to put down any rebellion, something that they did fairly frequently. And so this was the best peace that the New Testament world had to offer. A peace by sword, if you will. What Jesus promises is something completely different. Not peace by intimidation, but peace by transformation. Under the Roman peace, they were always afraid. Afraid that at some point, they were going to be executed by a Roman soldier. But the peace provided by Christ was different. It was a peace without fear. Listen again to the peace that Jesus describes. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's one of the great problems when there is no peace. There's fear. And nobody likes to live life in fear. Stress and anxiety not only are miserable, they're also one of the greatest contributors to physical illness. Just imagine what it would be like to be under the rule of an occupation force with no way to fight back. Imagine being poor and or enslaved with no hope for freedom. Imagine seeing reminders that you're no longer in control of your nation and reminders that you see on every street corner. That was the daily experience for people living in the New Testament world. Everywhere they looked, there were reminders that they were controlled by the Romans. And now... This one who calls himself Messiah offered to them something no one else could. Offers to them peace. It's no wonder that they corrupted the prophecies about the Messiah into promises that somebody would come and throw out the Romans. But now the true Messiah stands before them and offers them 
this extraordinary promise, I give you peace. And he offers us the same thing. We all know the fear and the sorrow of this world. Jesus offers a peace this world simply cannot provide. Because this world doesn't have it to give. That's what we seek to provide for the people of our community. The message of peace. That's what we must provide for the generations to come. For children like these wonderful children who've been here today reading God's Word, handing us our our bulletin as we came in the door, singing and sharing with us today. We want to provide them with the message of peace. It's what we want to provide for students of our community who are coming to understand the uncertain future they face. We want to provide them with peace. It's what we want to provide families across our community who are coming into conflict with every kind of obstacle imaginable. We want to show them the message of peace. Peace that only Jesus Christ can provide. The theme of our Envision campaign is reaching future generations for the glory of Christ. The generations before us have provided this facility where we could come and learn the message of peace. Where we could come and learn something that goes beyond what this world has to offer. Where we could come and celebrate what Jesus Christ has done for us. And now it's our turn to make sure that the generations to come will have that same opportunity, will have that same ability in a facility built specifically for them to find out what peace only Jesus can provide. Now over the next few days you'll be receiving some information about how you can participate in the Envision campaign. It's daunting to think about the amount of money that, that we need to raise. And you're probably thinking the same thing I am. You think, well, I don't have a pile of cash laying around that I could give to this. How in the world is that going to work? Well, you're going to receive some information about how we're not asking for equal gifts. We're just asking for equal sacrifice. Now, you may not have a pile of cash laying around that you can devote to this, but over a three-year period, there's an opportunity for all of us to be able to participate in providing for the generations of the future. Now, for some folks, $50 over the next three years is a huge sacrifice. They don't have two dimes to rub together right now. And finding a way to collect $50 over the next three years is going to be tremendously challenging. But in their heart, they're thinking, you know, I want to be a part For some of us, $50 a year would be be a huge challenge. It would be very difficult to do. And yet, we're thinking in our mind, you know, if I just kind of rearrange some things a little bit, if I just did some things a little bit different than what I do, if I, you know, didn't eat out maybe once a week or something I could think, I could probably come up with $50 a year. For some people, $50 a month would be a difficult sacrifice. And yet, we're thinking, you know, there's some things that, that I could do to make that happen. For some people, $50 a week would be a, a difficult sacrifice, and yet we're, we're thinking in our mind, you know, I could, I could do this, and, and, and that would work. 
And so that's what we're asking you to do, just to pray over these next couple of weeks to, to think about what are some things that God could do where I could share this message of peace with the generations to come, where I could be a part of providing a facility for people to, to hear that Jesus Christ gives us Peace. Jesus offers a peace this world cannot give. Because this world doesn't have it to give. Only Jesus can make this promise. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Heavenly Father, help us this morning as we read this message of peace. This is hard for us to understand because there's nothing in our world that measures up to this. Every peace that we've experienced in this world has not been lasting. It's something that has been there for a moment and then faded away. And so to even consider a peace that cannot be taken away... It's hard for us even to imagine, and yet, Heavenly Father, that's exactly the promise you've made. And so today we pray that your peace might be evident in this place, this day. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.